Welcome to Pants Not Trousers, a podcast for expats looking for belonging and connection in a foreign land. And we're your hosts, Areej and Raheel. We are two expat women who've left their lives behind in the US and Canada to experience life in the UK. How are you doing, Raheel? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? You've been sick since you got back from your vacation. How was, how was that? Yeah, vacation was really lovely, but I'm pretty sure it's what made me sick. (laughs) You know, it's tiring. It's tiring. Like it's really fun and it's a new new change of scenery and you get to see new things. But like with two kids, one who's six, who's like fairly self-sufficient, he's not a problem. Um, But a two-year-old who I'm now in this new place full of unknowns, unknown dangers. You know, he's like pulling out things from the closet and chemicals underneath, like nothing is childproof. So I had to like, it's just exhausting mentally and and physically because you're just running after this little guy who's in exploring mode. Um, You know, and like renting a car and getting used to long drives, like my kids aren't used to that. So my little guy was quite sick a couple of times. So anyhow, but honestly it was, um, it was really fun. It was fun. We went to Dorset and we, uh, we went to uh, Lull Grove Cove and um, yeah, it was really lovely. I mean, we did a lot of hiking and a lot of, uh, it was very scenic at seaside and a lot of eating, <laughs> eating seafood. Um, and the kids were just really happy to be outside swimming, bike riding, that kind of stuff. So it was, it was nice. And we met up with some friends from Adam's school. Oh, great. Um, Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. We've connected really well with a couple of, um, a couple of families. So we got to see them as well and, uh, and came back and yeah, it was, it was a nice getaway. How about you? Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was great. The weather was amazing. Mm -hmm. Finally, summer had, has arrived and we got beautiful, beautiful days. It's just really far. We, um, because we chose to go during half term when the kids had break, it was also Mm -hmm. a bank holiday week. So, Mm -hmm. uh, for a bank holiday is basically a statutory holiday. Um, so Monday was a day off. So we were planning on going up on Monday and we wanted to initially take the train up to Manchester and then rent a car from there. But mm-hmm. we couldn't do that because the car rental companies were closed. So we ended up right. having to drive all the way from London. And um, it is a four and a half hour drive door to door. But if that doesn't take into account everybody else who's driving on mm-hmm. a bank holiday. So it took yeah. us a long time to get there. Um, mm-hmm. and even it took us like seven hours or something to get back. It was so long. Oh, um, there was so cool. much traffic. Yeah, but it was amazing there. It is the most beautiful, beautiful scenery. And um, just there's so much to do up in the Lake District. It's it's the northern, most northern part of the UK. Um, mm. It's a national park. Well, I don't know if it's a national park. But, um, I mean, you've just got tons of lakes and some caves to explore, beautiful hikes. Um, I learned... Yeah, I learned the difference between a fell and a mountain. So to me, they both look like mountains, but Hmm. a fell is more barren and bare versus a mountain won't be. And so we climbed a short 
fell, but it was still like 400 and something meters tall. <laughs> so, it's an ominous, ominous term for, um, yeah. for a high, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's, it's not the word that you want to have in the back of your mind as you're climbing up this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also like, it was a 400 something meter climb, but it was very, very steep. And right. so I was like, this is, I would still call this a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, it was, it was great. I just wish we had more time. We were only there for three days and, um, cause two days were basically travel and, um, I wish we had like a day to just relax and swim in the water or something. But one of our most favorite activities that we did was we rented a motorboat that you can drive yourself in Lake Windermere. Oh, nice. It was, it was, uh, it was so much fun. So much fun. (laughs) I highly recommend it um, to everyone. That is really fun. There's so many things that I, so many things that I wanted to do, but I think, yeah, again, when you have young kids, your kids are right. older, so it's really nice that you can, yeah. you can actually do that together as a family. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of things that we kind of have to opt out, uh, opt out of because we've got um, a little guy. Yeah. 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 But you do other fun things. Fun. So it all, it all works out. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. Totally. Um, and yeah. Now we're back. Back now to back. routine, back to life. Um, Although I have to say that when I go away and I come back to the routine, it's, um, it makes me grateful for the routine. It makes me yeah. grateful for my bed <laughs> and yeah. like our, our home. It's just, uh, and then, and then the routine. Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, it's while it's lovely to be with your kids every waking minute, um, you know, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to have like some time to yourself as well. when you get back to, to routine and nurseries and schools, that's like kind of the only opportunity for me mm-hmm. anyways, to, to get that real quality time to myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into what we wanted to talk about today, yeah. which is kind of where we left mm-hmm. off last episode. And that was, um, careers mm-hmm. and, I mean, you had to give up your career to come here. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, I so at the time that I had I had left, I was still technically well. I was actually coming to the end of my maternity leave, so I had already been off of work for a full year. Mm-hmm. So coming here was I basically just had to tell my work that I wasn't coming back. Um, so coming here was a fairly natural transition because I, again, I had, I'd already been off work, um, in mommy mode, family mode. Um, and I was taking on my new role as head of the household, which, you know, I mean, you are the head of the household, uh, no matter what I think, like, especially as a, as a mother, as a woman, you usually just naturally take on that role even if you're working. Um, anyway, that's my personal experience. Um, but, uh, but this was, this was different. This was like my primary role. So, you know, that was, um, it was a shift. Uh, I think being at home with two kids full time and it's like managing their schedules and managing, you know, 
whatever it is, social calendars and, you know, things to get repaired and like your, your home base is your home and treating it like a real job is difficult to do because it doesn't resemble a real job in any way, shape or form, you know, um, Walid like to call it the being the CEO of the household. And I'm like, this is not a CEO role. I don't have my own office. I have people coming in and screaming in my face all day long when I'm trying to get things done. Perhaps a CEO goes through that, but I highly doubt it. Um, I don't get paid. I don't get holidays. I don't get breaks. Right. This is not a CEO role that I would apply for. But um <laughs> But if you want to call it that, just to glorify it, then that's fine. We'll do that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's just a change of responsibility, a change of roles, and you don't get the recognition that you that you get when you're at work. You know, you don't you don't get the pat on the back. And at work, you can actually expect that. That's actually an expectation. Mm-hmm. And at, at home, it's not an expectation. It can't be you know, you're not owed that because people don't have time to like recognize you and acknowledge you. So it's just a very different thing. Um, and it's, you know, as you know, intellectually, it's on a completely different level. Um, not to say that like organizing a household doesn't, doesn't require skill. It requires a lot of skill, a lot of time management and organization and all of the rest of it. It is a highly skill-based position with, um, high demand for patients. So, so, um, and it's definitely the hardest job I've ever had, but. Do you think being an expat in a new country makes that role even harder? Or do you think you would have experienced the same feelings if you were still at home? Oh, I mean, no, without a doubt, it makes it harder. Um, I suppose it makes it more interesting because, because you're discovering new things just by doing everyday things, if that right. makes any sense. So running errands and stuff like you're in a new neighborhood, you're, you're seeing new, you're going to new shops, you're meeting new people. You know, if the pandemic wasn't happening, you would be, you know, meeting very new people with different, you know, um, different life experiences. So that was always something that was going to be interesting. I didn't really get to do that, but that's fine. <clears throat> but it makes it harder because you're trying to navigate a system that you're so unfamiliar with. That's very different. And things as basic as finding a doctor or finding a dentist or finding this or that, or, you know, right. um, you know, it's just, just, it's just new. So right. thank God for the most part, we speak the same language because I can't even imagine if, if uh, it was my second language and I was trying to navigate a city or a country um, that where I didn't speak the native tongue. So that made things easier, but, uh, but yeah, definitely challenging. Um, and you, you had, uh, tell us about your careers. Oh yeah. So I've, I guess I've already been in this boat before where I gave, so I actually gave up a really good job, one that I really enjoyed, um, with fantastic Mm. company Mm -hmm. when I was living in Vancouver to move to California. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that move was especially difficult because I couldn't work at all. I mm. didn't have like a green card or a work permit okay. of any right. kind. Right. So giving that up was really difficult. Moving to California was especially hard. And I went through, I went through a lot of emotions. I realized that I was a supportive wife. I was moving to support my husband and his career. And it was quite a difficult thing to adjust to. 
Um, mm. And at that point in my life, I was really upset. And I, you know, I, I wasn't used to being his dependent, you know, you'll go and open a bank account and they would ask me, and what is your profession? And I'd have to say that unemployed, but I was like, wait, but I'm not unemployed. Are you a homemaker? No, I'm not a homemaker. Like what, what am I? And then I was like, I'm a supportive wife. Like I remember getting mad at the HSBC um, uh, account manager because that wasn't an option. Yeah. I was like, I'm a supportive wife. Can, do you have anything in there? Like, can you select other and say gave up her job to allow husband to (laughs) pursue his? Um, It's a great job. Yeah. He was not amused. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was, that was interesting, but then I did manage to find a career in California. So I didn't go back to my old one. I didn't work in human resources and that is not something I decided to pursue in California. I've always made cakes, wedding cakes mm-hmm. and special occasion cakes for fun. Um, okay. even while I was working in HR and that was always mm-hmm. something I wanted to do. I always mm-hmm. wanted to eventually one day open up my own little c- coffee shop or bakery or something. So in California, mm-hmm. I decided to use the time to increase my knowledge in the field and work in a bakery. And I loved it. I worked mm-hmm. for the best boss and the best team. And I was baking part-time and I was managing their wholesale end of things and managing the office. And it was just awesome. I was really enjoying what I was doing. Giving that up again, a second time was really difficult. Uh, to move here, it was, it was incredibly hard. But one thing that I knew was that when I moved here, I'd be able to work. And that was different from my move to the U.S. where I couldn't work for many years and we had to wait for our green card to come in. So yeah. at least here there's I that, knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a freedom in knowing and like, um, I don't know what the word is. I don't know if you just feel a little bit more uh, empowered, um, for lack of a better word. But it's it's just knowing that you have the option if the, option yeah. ar- if the opportunity arises. and It's a choice. Versus yeah, exactly. something taken away from you and like yeah. you having no choice and no control mm-hmm. over the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I moved here upset that I had given up my job in California. I really liked what I was doing, but I kind of had a plan. I knew that I wanted to do some consulting work for within the hospitality industry. And once I got, as you said, like, you know, I was still the head of the family. I had to get everybody settled in and my husband was mm-hmm. off at work and I'd take care of the kids and find a doctor and um, figure things out. And I wanted to explore the city. I actually had dreams of being mm-hmm. a lady of leisure. Um, <laughs> the lady of lunches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm just, I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to be going to Paris during the day. And <laughs> the train worry, just takes you there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I got to do none of that. Um, yeah. Thank you, pandemic. Yeah. But I did manage to start a micro bakery from my home last year. Yeah. Which was a lot of work, but it was very, it was very satisfying. Um, I really enjoyed doing something yeah. other than just homeschooling. And, you know, I was, the pandemic just, I don't know if I would have started the micro bakery if the pandemic hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, obviously the pandemic added a whole different twist to the way I was feeling here and added a layer of complexity that I don't think we would have had had there been no pandemic. Yeah, that's true. 
So it's, it's hard to say. Um, I actually have to move. We have to, our landlady is moving back into her house after 14 years in Scotland and mm-hmm. we, we need to move and I'm not going to be able to run the micro bakery, um, in the new place, at least not, I mean, I'd have to get permission from the landlords and I'd have to get reinspected again. And, um, right. it's just going to be a lengthier process. And for now I realize that I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, for at least for the next little while until I get all of my ducks in a row again. But then again, there's a very great possibility that my new landlord will not allow it. And so I'm back in the boat where it's like, okay, Mm. I'm giving up again. Yeah. Yeah. But this time I feel okay with it because it was a decision. It was a choice between, it's a choice between a roof over our heads. (laughs) Right. Right. not. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah. we need a house to live in. We need somewhere to stay. So yeah, it makes, yeah, it, that makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's always a tough balance. And I, I, you know, was speaking to a friend who is also an expat from Spain and, um, she moved here and she had a really great, uh, career in communications and she had started her own thing and it was, you know, an an exciting time for her. And, um, and then she had to sort of pause that, put that on hold because again, she was taking on the role of being at home and managing all of that, particularly moving to a new country. Mm -hmm. Um, and kudos to her because she also, you know, English was not her first language. She's got two kids where English was not their first language. So she dealt with like a whole host of other challenges and, um, very gracefully, I, I might say. Um, but yeah, she wanted to do something. Um, her kids are a little bit older. They're both in school. So she had, she had the time during the day and she just felt like she'd given up so much and she just wanted to sort of reintegrate into formal work life. And I guess have a different experience being here as a, it's a very different experience being in anywhere, but particularly in your host country as a as employed versus not employed. And there are obviously advantages and disadvantages to both. Mm-hmm. Um, so she ended up finding something that was not her dream job, but it was a, you know, it was a good job and it was just allowing her to interact with people and mm-hmm. have somewhere to go in the morning, you know, have something to get dressed up for and right. just add a little bit of structure to her day and her week, etc. I think it was still a sacrifice because it's, it's never, you know, even for me, if I ever want to find something part-time in nonprofit sector, which is where my experience is, um, you know, it's, it's really difficult to find something part-time. So she was sort of faced with a choice of full-time or nothing. And that's often what the choice is. And for me, I don't, you know, I would love to get back into nonprofit and community-based work. Um, and I've even reached out to, I used to work at United Way. Uh, I was a manager. Uh, I was a manager there. Uh, and it's a funder of social services, essentially. And um, and they have a United Way branch in, in London. It's uh, it's very small, but, you know, I thought, let me reach out to them and, and see if there's any opportunities, but I feel like I need to start off as a volunteer and see where that goes. But again, my job in Toronto was, it was very intense. Um, there was no such thing as part-time. Honestly, I didn't know anybody that worked part-time in the right. organization. So again, it's just, uh, you're all, you're all, you're faced with a choice of 
all or nothing. And it's a really tough balance with work and kids. And as hard as it is to be at home, primarily at home, I can't imagine having a layer of work to add to that, particularly in the pandemic. It's um, I'm very grateful that I have had the option of at least just being, you know, at home. Right. Yeah. I will say if you're here and um, you're a trailing spouse or you had um, a relocation agency help you, sometimes they can offer career training. So we have friends who moved here from Denmark and she wants to work. And so she's gotten some great advice and help from the relocation team. Mm. Um, you know, they, there's some, I know that there are some relocation teams that help you with the language. They'll give you English lessons. Um, they give you career training seminars, et cetera. So if that opportunity is available to you, I think it's a great source. Mm. That's good. That's good advice. Yeah, that's great advice. It's it's also it's a completely different system, right? Yeah, I don't. I have no idea what applying for a job here looks like. You know, there are so many like search search engines and job right. platforms that you could use. I know in Canada, it's like Indeed and yeah, you know, but they're so random. It's like it's yeah. so difficult to find a job that way. So, what is the way? to do it here. That's a whole other thing to navigate. So yeah, it would definitely be useful to get somebody to, um, to help you through that. So yeah, yeah. that's good advice. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, we were talking, we had a really interesting conversation. We ended the last episode with an interesting conversation about how, to your point about you, know, you walk into a bank and they ask you what you do. And, and that question, it just, you know, I get that question a lot, you know, what do you do, whether it's, just a social context or some like I'm writing it down on a form where I have to put my right. title. It's like, I wish there was something formal that I could, that I could put down <laughs> that would say, yeah. man, I've got a job and it's hard and it requires all these skills. <laughs> and like, I need to put it on my CV. In fact, just a funny side note. There was a, it was like a talk that I uh, was invited to and there was like these keynote speakers and they were, it was women in careers and that was basically the, the, the theme of it. And yeah. it was like a woman in science, you know, it was a physician and then she was talking about, you know, her, her life as a physician. And then there was like a woman in academics and she's a professor and et cetera, et cetera. And I thought there is no one on there that is a full-time like a full-time mom home manager. Like, hey, right. maybe that's a title. There is no one on there that talks about the skill sets that you have at home that could even translate into, you know, into work. And I was so tempted. If I had the time, if my job at home wasn't so demanding, yeah. I would have sent an email and said, I propose that, you know, you invite a keynote speaker to talk about these things. But anyhow, that's just a side note. <laughs> Sounds good. It sounds like you're volunteering to be the keynote speaker. <laughs> I was, I was, but I couldn't, I couldn't fit it in. I couldn't fit it into my schedule. Um, oh man. Any, anyways, on that note, well, not on that note, completely unrelated yes. is my funny word that I learned yesterday. Oh, do tell. People carrier. People so carrier. this is so sad. I mean, I, I, I just feel terrible learning this story. Um, there was somebody, um, somebody I know their father was at the crosswalk and uh, crossing the street and a people carrier hit them, but the 
the dad is incredibly resilient and he is doing just fine. Um, he got checked out yesterday and he's, he's just fine. He's okay. But I didn't know what a people carrier was. And obviously I couldn't ask this person because I mean, her dad just got hit by one. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah. So I had to like do my own digging and ask other people what a people carrier was. Cause in my mind, a people carrier could be like a car, a train, a bus, yeah, yeah. A plane? Like what is what is a people carrier to you? Like what it sounds I could like be a smuggler. people carrier carrying my child. It's it like, sounds <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a, a smuggler of them. A smuggler. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a it's a minibus. Oh, okay. A people carrier <laughs> really. So as opposed to what? What to what do cars carry? What to what do trucks carry? Well, I suppose Those trucks carry names. goods. Those all have names. Fair. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I mean, mm. I was like a minibus as opposed to like just calling it a minibus. Right. Yeah. Why not call it a minibus? Exactly. That's so self-explanatory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyhow. People carrier. Mm. Yeah. Who are we to criticize the English language? It's pretty complex in and oh, of itself. So I have a friend from <clears throat> high school tell me that um, we are in England. <laughs> right. This right. is the original English because I was complaining yeah. – I was complaining about the word haberdashery. I was like, oh, I mean, I, I, do you know what a haberdashery is? Have we talked no, about this? I have no idea. No. <laughs> so a haberdashery is where one would find sewing notions and stuff associated with like crafts and, you know, like buttons and zippers and, and just what we would call notions or things at Michael's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. call it's called haberdashery. Oh. See, I like that. I like mm. that because it's, it's um it's a word for like like a bunch of stuff. Like that's what I put when you say haberdashery. Is that the, yeah. the word haberdashery? It's like bunch of stuff. I feel like yeah. that's the definition for it. That it, it would work it really like. well. Except yeah. that in my neighborhood there is a coffee shop called the haberdashery. Oh. So after I learned well, that I can buy fabric and stuff at the haberdashery, I looked up a haberdashery closest to me and it was, it, you know, led me to the coffee shop. Oh, it's is- a coffee shop. Random. Okay. That's random. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, that's two words for today. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> one thing, one word I cannot get used to is collect, collect my children from school. I'm like, uh, Oh, as opposed to picking up, please collect your child. Like, what does collect mean? Like, collect to me is associated with, you know, collecting antiques or collecting right. a bunch of something. <laughs> I don't want to collect children. I just want my own. Yeah. And that's it. That's all I can handle. That's, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for the chat. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to Pants Not Trousers podcast. If you like what you heard, please do leave a like or a comment. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Or you can email us at pantsnottrouserspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Not Trousers or on our Instagram page at Pants Not Trousers. We will chat with you very soon. Take care, Raheel. Bye, Reach.